Hello and welcome to episode 24 of your parenting podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Bamford. And moving right along. Uh, it's been a long week and a half or so since I've done an episode. Um, I've had a lot going on. This podcast, as always, will probably be rambly and all over the place. i got all kinds of topics, all kinds of things to share. Um... I guess we can just jump right into it. Um, I don't know why I was thinking about it. I don't know if I saw one somewhere. But the uh, the old county fairs that you would see when you grow up. Yeah, and I'm sure like every... Because I spent most of my life in the same kind of small town. You know, medium-sized small town, I guess. And I must have been to, to 20 of these fairs. And they were calling, you know, spring flings or whatever they... You know, it was just a fair. But I remember, you know, unless you went, you know, with friends, you know, to these things, I would seem to just never run into anyone I know. You never was like, oh, there's so-and-so. It was always just random strangers. Like all these people just popped in from nowhere to fill up the fair. But uh, I wish I could say I had... Fond memories? I don't have bad memories. I guess I just have memories. Um, I remember the uh, the smell of the old, overly salted popcorn. You know, and the hint of ketchup from shitty hot dogs, which uh, smells everywhere. And uh, I remember uh, just bits of straw all over the ground. It won't be, you know, a cow or a fucking horse anywhere in sight. But straw everywhere. Like a scarecrow came to life and somebody knifed him and he was just bleeding out in between all the booths. And you know, those in those weird, you know, nothing faced people that run it. Everybody calls them carnies. You know, it's like I remember all of them being nice, but it's like I couldn't tell you what any of them looked like. I remember, you know, the uh, the funnel cake and the, the snacks. I remember that stuff being good. And it's like the little things where you throw like the, you know, like the rings on top of the jar to get the goldfish that, you know, your parents would never let you keep. So it's like I wasn't even allowed to really play those. Yeah, that particular, I couldn't bring home anything alive. Which reminds me of the time that I uh, I decided one day when I was um, a young teenager that I wanted a pet, and uh, my mother wouldn't, my mother, you know, didn't like anything that wasn't human, you know, there was no animals allowed in the house, so I said, oh, I'll get something secret, so I decided to get a couple of mice, um, I made sure to get two males, because I don't want to end up having, you know, go from two mice to a thousand mice, um, I remember going to the pet store and learning, you know, how to take care of them, and these are like the little mice that basically you just get to feed snakes with. But I was like, nah, fuck that, I want a pet. Um, I don't even remember how I got them into my room. Uh, but I remember, um, you know, hiding them in my closet. Their little, I guess you can call it a cage. It was like a plastic contraption. You know, they had like air holes in it instead of bars. And, uh, you know, little tubes and shit they can run around in. And I remember I had them for a little while. I had a white one and a black one, I think. 
And I remember, I think I called them Ren and Stimpy or some other, you know, 90s reference. And I had them, I want to say almost two weeks before the, and the guilt has started eating at me. I don't know how I kept them from my, my parents so long. And uh, <laughs> I remember the day I finally decided to just fess up to it, even though there, was, there seemed to be no suspicion in the house. You know, it wasn't acting weird or anything. But I remember, <laughs> and I used to take them out and play with them. I mean, they never bit me. Um, so, you know, I guess mice bite all the time. I have no idea. But uh, I remember taking them out, and I had them both in one hand. Because most of the time they would just kind of sit there, you know, and chill. They didn't do much. I guess, you know, I was like, getting them confused with hamsters you know, who ran on the fucking wheel and ran around in the tube. These guys pretty much just ate and shit. Um, but I had them both in one hand and my mother was sitting in her recliner watching TV. And I kind of just came and shoved them in her face and it was just like, I need to tell you that I have mice. <laughs> And the fact that she almost did a fucking backflip out of her chair. You know, almost knocked them out of my hand to try and get away. And I remember, uh, I'm pretty sure I was grounded for a while. I had to, like, kind of let them go into the, you know, because into the backyard, which I'm sure they were probably eating my fucking wildlife or a hawk or something. I don't know, but it's, uh, oh, man, I've forgotten about that shit. That was so fucking funny. <laughs> But anyway, you know, back to the uh, the fairs. You know, I wasn't allowed to, to bring home any kind of animal. So you try to, you know, throw the, you know, the rings on top of the jars, or you try to knock down the baseballs, and, you know, it's like... I remember it seemed like a fun idea to go there, but I remember always leaving feeling slightly depressed. And then it's like... Because you never... Like, most of those rides were so terrifying. You know, not so much because of their... Of the thrill, but because you're afraid they may fucking come apart when you're on the, you know, the, the apex of that little pirate ship that swings back and forth. You're afraid the thing's just going to go careening off like a Final Destination movie into the fucking highway. But then they had the, uh, the Gravitron. And every, every fair that had any kind of rides had this thing. And you know exactly what it is. Maybe it had different names, but it basically looked like a UFO that just spun around really fast. And you had to stand against the sides of it. And it would start spinning and the centrifugal force would force you up against the wall. Then you can kind of crawl up the wall a little bit. You know, go upside down. And it was just spinning in a circle. And then the guy in the middle would just sit there in his little booth. And, uh, you know, his, his booth was stationary. Because otherwise he would probably lose his fucking mind being in there all day. But I remember, yeah, you just... You know, the idea of it was, was fun. It's like, oh, we're going to you know, be stuck to the fucking wall like Spider-Man. But you can't really move. Because it's like it's spinning so fast just to keep you up there. That, you know, it's not like you can like roll around and dance on there like fucking Spider-Man. And I remember inevitably somebody would always puke. And then, you know, and of course they would turn their head to the side and puke. And you'd see the puke in a big puddle that's slowly running along the wall. And all these other kids like, ah, ah, like trying to scoot away from it as far as they could. And then you're just praying that the, that the ride's going to end. But like you look at the fucking guy and he's just pure evil, like just staring at you. It's like, if I got to sit here and smell this shit all day, you got to smell it. 
And you gotta go through the whole ride, and everybody bunches up at the end, trying not to get touched by the puke that's just creeping along the side of the thing. Oh, man, that fucking shit. <laughs> I had forgotten about that one, too. The Gravitron. That was the only ride I think that ever made me throw up as well. I think I threw up afterwards because I had a bunch of the shitty popcorn and, and you know, stale hot dogs. I remember the funnel cake always being good. Something about just basically fried dough that they put powdered sugar on. Can't really go wrong there. I don't remember ever winning any prizes. That's it. I don't, I don't know what brought that on. I don't know if I drove by a fair or something. For some reason, all this kind of popped in my head. I had to kind of scribble it down on my, my trusty notebook. Other random topics. I had a... Me and Cynthia were uh, cleaning out the garage. Finally. We finally managed to get the garage done and it looks beautiful. Like, I didn't want to be one of those families that had, you know, cardboard boxes just stacked up in the corner of the garage for, you know, ten fucking years. Just the thought of it drives me crazy because then that's where you get the cockroaches and the spiders and... But so that day we were cleaning the garage, we had ordered some pizza. Um, yeah, I prefer a pizza hut because I like the stuffed crust. Apparently I'm alone. I'm Cynthia likes Papa John's. Uh, Grayson prefers Domino's. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with Domino's. Usually it's what we end up getting. But the guy that showed up to deliver it, uh, he looked like the villain from True Lies. But he, you know, talked like a white hipster. And he even said, you know, he handed me the receipt. And he said, oh, if you can sign this, that would be the bee's knees. And it's like, I don't know, really? It's like, isn't that a bit much? And it's like, it was just incredibly weird and awkward. And then it's like, I don't know if that's how his personality is or it's become that way from, from delivering food. I mean, because I did Uber Eats for a while. I mean, granted, I'm, you know, always awkward in most situations anyway. But it's just, I wonder, like, now, thinking about it, it's like, how many places did I walk away from? You know, because I'll try to make small talk, you know, being a, um, I guess, an amateur comedian at best. I'll try to make my little fucking jokes, you know, whatever it was. I wonder how many people, after I walked away, you know, were just like, oh, what a fucking weirdo. Especially all those people that were... um, Saying, uh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, because you can, you can tip on the app. Because no, hardly anyone ever gave cash tips, at least to me. You know, I knew some of the drivers that were like, you roll around a fucking wads of cash from, you know, slinging Jersey Mike subs at these assholes. But most of the time, they'd always be like, oh, I'll tip you on the app, bro. And it's like, which usually means they're not going to tip me at all. And it's like, I wonder if, like, if, if some of that was from, you know, me just being weird and awkward. I don't know. I mean, I've always been uncomfortable. You know, that's usually my, my general state of being. I guess could be described as, you know, as uncomfort. <laughs> um, and I think that's one of the reasons I developed uh, my sense of humor. Also, I had really terrible friends that we all made fun of each other in such a way that, like, if you wanted to be part of our group, you had to be funny to a degree or you were just destroyed. Um, and I tried to, you know, even when me and Cynthia first got together, I uh, I tried to kind of ease her into that, you know, letting her know that I can be irritating, you know, I can be difficult. 
you know, I'll try my best to be, you know, a good guy for you. But, you know, I got quirks. Um, and so does she. I mean, everybody does, I guess. But, you know, I remember, uh, I remember our first apartment together. Ironically, it was in the same town. Um, not more than, I want to say, maybe two or three miles from where my current house is. Um, and a couple of a couple of memories stand out from that first apartment uh, one of them I think it was before I moved in with her I think I was just maybe staying a weekend or something and I had a dog um, she was my my fixer-upper dog that I was unable to fix her or upper um, she was the dog I got after I gave away Luna and then my dad died, and I had, like, you know, just, like, the worst heartbreaks ever, and I missed having a dog. So I went down to the pound. I got, she seemed incredibly friendly. Um, they did warn me. Now, however, you know, to their credit, they warned me. They said, listen, she, we're pretty sure she's been astray her whole life. You know, never been someone's pet. And I think the reason they were still trying to get her adopted was because she was so friendly. Now, if they also let me know she's not good with kids, I said, listen, I don't have any kids. You know, they say she's not good with kids or other, pretty much other dogs. Like, she has to be just by herself, <laughs> uh, which I discovered. If any kids even came near her, she, you know, her hackles would raise up. She'd start growling. It's like, okay, this is going to be a lawsuit. But this dog, I mean, her name is Penny, and she was a cute dog, like a yellow cur. Um, but she was, she was just untrainable. And... Uh, I eventually actually brought her back to the shelter. I tried for, I want to say, a good two months. But, I mean, this dog was destructive. She was shitting. She was shit outside, too. I had no problem going to the bathroom outside. She would also, like, every fucking day, you know, big old log right on the fucking living room floor. Because she was a full-size dog. I want to say she was two years old, is what they estimated. And, uh... You know, she wasn't really aggressive towards adults. It's just for some reason, kids and other dogs, she just she does not do well. Um, but she was just untrainable, and I had to eventually give her back to the shelter. Um, I'm sure we all know what happened. Um, I'm sure she was adopted by a wonderful family, got sent away to live on a nice farm. That's all we're going to say about that part. But uh, before all that, I uh, staying with Cynthia for... I don't know, a long weekend or just a, you know, a couple of days off or whatever. And this was back when I was working nights, so I was usually up, you know, all night on my days off. I mean, if I had a long stretch of days off, I would switch back to kind of a day shift. But that's uh, that circadian shuffle. You know, all my uh, my old night shifters, you know, I was going to hold a, a place in my heart. I did night shifts for, fuck, 13 years. And most of those are 12-hour shifts. Um, but I remember one morning, and this is one of the ways I discovered that Cynthia is a very heavy sleeper. Uh, it was back when I used to smoke. I was out on the little, they have a little screened in porch in those apartments, and it was just me and the dog out there. And it was probably about 8.30 in the morning. I know it was about 8 in the morning, and I remember Cynthia had to be awake by 8.30 to, to go to work at, you know, whatever time she had to work. I remember telling me, I'll wake me up at, at 8. I said, you know, no problem. I was out back with the dog having a smoke. 
And then I realized when I went to go back in, the um, sliding door was broken and it had locked me out. Um, we were both kind of aware of this and we just forgot. You know, you can't, you have to like close it extremely gently or otherwise it just, the latch falls. So I was like, yeah, okay, no big deal. I kind of knock on the thing a little bit. Um, you know, knock on the door. Yeah, I'm trying to get Cynthia's attention because this is on, you know, the bedroom's on the other side of the house. You know, she's sleeping. And I said, okay, that's not working. I was like, all right, I got my cell phone. I start calling her. I probably called her at least 30 times. I mean, I let it ring and ring and go to voicemail, ring and ring and go to voicemail. Like, I'm pounding on the glass because I don't want to break the fucking glass. And by this point, you know, because it's Florida, you know, it's starting to get hot. I think I had just gotten off of work, so I didn't think I was out of my work clothes yet. And I remember, uh, I'm sure people, like, going by the neighborhood thought we had broken up. Because I'm, Cynthia, like, banging on the fucking door, you know, let me in. And, uh, you know, finally, I uh, I managed to get a hold of the front office. (laughs) I had to... um, I think, how did I do it? I called the front office and they called the maintenance guy to come unlock the front door and then come unlock the glass door all while Cynthia was sleeping. Even though, and this whole time I'm repeatedly calling her over and over and over and over and over. And uh, I guess her phone was on vibrate or something, but still, you think a phone vibrating right next to your fucking head, you know, for a half an hour will wake you up. But, uh, yeah, then the maintenance guy was all suspicious of me. He's like, how do I know that you live here? And I'm trying to explain to him. I was like, number one, why would I break in through the screen, then fix the screen, and then have you come and open the glass door? So I can then, what, kill both of you? Was that that my plan? I had to explain to him. I was like, no, I don't live here. You know, I'm visiting my girlfriend. She's sleeping. And I had to wake her up and, like, show her driver's license or whatever I had to do to prove that, you know, she lived there. But, uh, oh, man, I was heated. I remember showing her a phone. I was like, do you see all these missed fucking calls? Oh, man. Oh, and another time. Um, there's a time that's... Uh, let me just preface. That when I moved in with her, which was a funny story in and of itself, I didn't have my... I, have, I was staying with a, a friend. Um, I mean, I wasn't like sleeping on the couch. I mean, we were roommates. You know, we had a, you know, separate bedrooms. But uh, I had pretty much just one bedroom's worth of stuff. Just, you know, my bed, um, you know, computer desk, you know, a little dresser. I I didn't have, I didn't have much. Um, But I had this TV and this was, you know, probably, what's, eight years ago now? Almost eight years? Seven years? Maybe like seven and a half years. You know, back when, you know, flat screens were popular and out there, but they were still pretty expensive back then. I mean, now you can get a decent flat screen for a couple hundred bucks. But I had this quite large, I want to say it was a 50-inch? No, that sounds too big. And it was bigger than a 32. Bigger than a 32, like a 48, I don't know. But it was an old CRT TV. And this thing was probably, I'm guesstimating at 250 pounds. This thing was fucking enormous and heavy, and I just couldn't lift it. <laughs> and I prefaced this by saying I invited a friend. Well, I didn't invite. I kind of bribed a friend to come help me move. 
And I remember calling him early in the morning. And he, he says, oh, you know, what's the weather going to be like? You know, I checked the weather. There's a giant tropical storm pretty much parked right on top of all of Florida. And I just say, all right, weather's fine. Let's come on over. And then, uh, you know, by the time he shows up, it's already pouring rain. I have to keep telling him I owe you, man, I owe you. And he's like, you have no conception of what you owe me. <laughs> um, you know, managed to, you know, had to cover the TV in a, uh, like a sheet or a tarp or something to get it. Because he was the only one I knew that had a big truck that I think he borrowed from his dad. And it was, you know, him and another friend was only able to help for a little bit. They had to lift that TV. And I thought both of them, because we had to go downstairs because the apartment was on the second floor. Because, of course, it was. Um, I still have the memory of them, too, thinking it's like... Like when you see those internet videos of... Uh, you know, like you can imagine like a drunk person balancing on a tightrope. It's like you know that something terrible is going to happen. You know they're going to fall. Like that's the feeling I got watching these two come down the stairs with that giant fucking TV. And I remember we tried to, in that truck, the truck bed had a, um, almost like a hood that covers it. It wasn't like one of those roll-top leather covers for the bed of the truck. It was like a hard shell that, you know, lifted up and down, almost like a trunk lid. But the mattress was too long by maybe a foot. So the back foot of the mattress stuck out. And, you know, so we drive that because we, we discovered, me and Cynthia, that the bed that I had was the more comfortable one. If we had this, you know, figure whichever bed was the better one, we'd keep and we'd get rid of the other one. But, uh, so we had to drive, you know, to the next town over. And I remember, uh, you know, before we could even go to sleep that night, because, like, the bottom foot of that mattress got soaked. So me and Cynthia had to sit there for, off and on for a couple hours with hair dryers, trying to dry out this mattress because we were so afraid it was going to get, like, mildewy or something. Uh, that wasn't fun. But I remember in that same place, there was one day, I don't know, I don't know why, but she decided to wash all the fucking towels when I was taking a shower. And the way our bathroom was, the way it was set up, the, there was like a hallway that was kind of like, I don't it's hard to describe, like you can come out of the bathroom and go straight. And there's just a very short hallway, which is open, and then it goes to the open kitchen, then to the living room, where there's two big giant windows. And then the... Uh, you know, I, I'm, you know, I reach for a towel when I get out of the shower. Of course, there's none. Um, I'm like, oh, Cynthia. She was, I don't know if it was, she was in the living room on the phone or something because she was home. I'm like, oh, you know, towels. You know, I'm screaming for her. She's like, oh, they're in the laundry. You know, whatever, whatever she said. And then it's like I go to step out of the bathroom and this is like, you know, there's like people wandering around outside. I don't know if it was like school let out or something. So I was like, oh, man, you know, the windows are all wide the fuck open. So then I, yeah, I make a right out of the bathroom, which goes through this hallway that had this, um, I think it was like a closet or something, which led to the bedroom, something like that. And then, like, and I dart that way, run into the bedroom, which, of course, all the bedroom windows are open. So I had to, like, dive, like, to the floor behind the bed you know, yell for Cynthia to bring me a fucking towel. Which, you know, as usual, she came over laughing her ass off at me. Which is fine. What can you do? Um, let me see. I got some updates on stuff in the house. Landscaping yard update. 
Let's see, the flag that we had in the front of the house, that failed. Um, and we used, you know, the, the mounting screws and everything to drill the assembly right into the fucking house. And all I end up with now is holes in the side of my house. So I don't know if this is the way our street is built. We had really strong winds and it just, just blew it the fuck off. Um, I guess that, you know, mimics the state of the nation. This is my political joke for the evening. Um, you know, the garden, 90% finished. I got to reinforce it. I reinforced the little bird nets, which I didn't even think I was going to need. I mean, thank you, Natalia, for, for thinking of that. You know, because we're you know, going to have fruits and vegetables there. Um, you don't want the birds picking at it. I mean, we had to put a little fence around the front of us so the dog wouldn't dig in there, especially because we had... Um, a layer of fucking manure that I didn't need her tracking through the house. Um, and she thought of, you know, this little net to put over the top to keep the birds away from the fruit. But you got to reinforce that. But still, I'm excited to have, um, you know, the garden. I really have no idea how long it takes to, to grow these fruits. I've done zero research so far. Um, you know, the backyard... The problem is the it's a different kind of grass in the backyard compared to the front yard. And of course the names escape me now. Uh, but the you know the front yard the backyard looks pretty sorry. It's like has these bald patches where the grass is dead, it has these you know just dirt patches from the guys when they installed the fence, they just kind of dug up some dirt, failed to remove it, just kind of let it sit there. So it's like I tried to Use the little, I don't know, I don't even know the name of the gardening tools, the little gardening claw, the little three-pronged fucking thing. And I was using that to try and, you know, smooth out these piles of dirt so it would be easier to navigate with the lawnmower. This is, I wanted the yard to look nice. Because we had, you know, Grayson's, uh, Grayson's cousins, well, Cynthia's cousin, and uh, her family, you know, came down from New York, you know, with their kids and stayed with us for a night. And they were doing all, you know, theme park stuff. And... But so there was one day they stayed the night with us, so we wanted to do the bounce house. It was like a trial run for the, the upcoming birthday party. Because um, we decided to just purchase a bounce house because eventually it was going to be cheaper in the long run. And it's a decent size. You know, kids like it. Um, it is a, a bitch to put away, though. Because you got to deflate it, you got to kind of lay on it and wrap it up in this ball, um, which is about the size of a maybe a medium-sized bean bag chair when you roll it all up. And the uh, the bag that they give you to put it in is about the size of those bags that used to come with the sunglasses. So that's always fun. Um, yeah, the backyard looks pretty. I mean, the grass is cut now. But it's just, you know, I, I got to go back there and water it, and I keep forgetting to. I don't know if we just have to get some grass seeds. I got to figure out what kind of grass it is so I can sprinkle some seeds back there. Um, because I'm an old guy now, and that's what I care about is the state of my fucking lawn. But the uh, the front yard looks great. I mean, with the exception of the flag that, that fell off the house. You know, I put the, the red mulch down. You know, we got the plants sorted out. We got these little decorative rocks going around the rim of it. You know, we got to cut more little things. You know, it looks really nice. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of proud of it. It's like our own little touch. You know, I don't want it to look like, you know, the cookie cutter, like every house on the block. 
Um, that way when people do come over for the birthday party, you know, which is this coming Saturday, um, you know, it's going to be fun. We're doing like a, a Pokemon theme because Grayson, he's super into Pokemon. His birthday's not till the following week, but everybody's working. And we're trying to like arrange it so we can have the most children show up, you know. He invited his class. I don't know how many of his classmates are going to come. Um, you know, he has some of his other cousins coming. So, I mean, we did a whole Pokemon theme. We got all these decorations and half of the presents are Pokemon stuff. And, you know, I think he's going to have a great time. You know, it's one of those uh, you know, moments that I wish, you know, my dad was still here. He, uh... Sorry, kind of snuck up on me there. A little emotional moment. Um, you know, time doesn't always make it easier. You know, I still miss him a lot. You know, I know that you know, he would have loved my kids. Um, it would have been nice you know, for him to see everything that I have here. You know, I don't really remember, you know, many birthdays with him. Uh, growing up, I don't really remember much of my birthdays anyways, not that it's a slight to anybody in my family, but I just, I was never a huge birthday person, for myself anyway. I, mean, I remember uh, he used to always take me to the, you know, biker bar that he hung out at. You're probably not the best place for a 13-year-old, but, you know, the wings were good and I liked playing darts. Anyway, new topic. I uh, I was at the gas station this morning. Uh, was it this morning? Yesterday morning, sorry. And I noticed there was a, I was at a Wawa, which is, I guess, irrelevant, but like in this empty lot across from it, and they had this semi-trailer that looked relatively new. But, uh, you know, there was graffiti all over it that looked kind of fresh. And it's like my first thought was, it's like, I didn't even realize this was still a thing. Like, it's, it's stupid. Like, I don't understand what, what the point of it is. It's like you spray some gibberish in these cartoony bubble letters that nobody can fucking read. And it's like, who is that for? Is it like for the other, like, four guys that still do graffiti? Like, do you, like, compare? You know, those are like Facebook groups for graffitiists. Graffitists? I don't know what the fucking word is. I know they're going to call themselves artists, but that's not really art. Because the only point really seems to be just to vandalize something to put your stupid, your stupid mark on it. Uh, maybe this is like my old guy rant. It just it just sounds irritating. I don't know if they have this and if this is still like a thing in other countries. Speaking of thing in other countries, I've discovered that I have international listeners. Here we're going to, you know. Because I was looking at the, the analytics um, for the podcast, and you can see where you, you know, it doesn't tell you the name of the city or whatever, but you know, 85% of my listeners are in the US. And granted, I don't have thousands of listeners. I would like to have thousands of listeners. So please feel free to tell your friends. Um, but uh, I have 6% of my listeners are in Spain, which is amazing. I mean, that blows my mind. So, I mean, if you're, you know, if you're in Spain, you know, shoot me an email, yourparentingpodcast at gmail.com. Tell me about yourself. You know, show me a picture of your town. 
you know, then I have, uh, I forget the percentage of these. I got listeners in the UK. You know, I've always wanted to go to the UK. Where all the history comes from, according to Eddie Izzard. Um, I have some in Brazil. You know, there's some in Chile. And it's just, it just blows my mind. It's like I didn't even, didn't even think about it. I mean, if you're, you know, from a, you know, country different than mine, you know, feel free to, you know, shoot me an email, tell me about yourself, tell me what it's like, you know, if you have kids, you know, some cool things about, you know, even if it's just like one sentence, like the favorite thing, you know, what you love most about your country. You know, that sounds, you know, that's like, I don't know, I thought it was so cool. I just, you know, I've only ever been to one other country, which was Chile. I guess technically two, if you count Peru. Because we landed there for like a layover in between flights. Um, and eventually, you know, when the kids get a little older, we'd like to do a little more traveling. But I just, I don't know, it kind of blew me away that, uh, you know, there's people like other countries listening to, to my, you know, hopefully funny stories. <laughs> um, yeah, feel free to, you know, spread the word. You know, we can get an international parenting community going. You know, I've always wondered if, like, you know, things the parents do here in the U.S., it's, like, how different it is in other countries. It's like, if it's, like, the way the children are disciplined differently or if there's, like, little, you know, parenting hacks that are different in other countries. I don't know. I, don't, I thought it was so cool. It just put a huge smile on my face, so I appreciate every one of you. Um, now we're nearing the end here. I'll go to the... Uh, I, I got some feedback on the uh, the things I like segment um, that I did in the last show, uh, so we're going to continue that. Um, I recommend just you know a handful of things that may or may not have anything to do with parenting. Um, the book I'm writing, the book I'm recommending this week um, is a book just called S, letter S. It's by Doug Dorst. And J.J. Abrams of the Star Wars, Star Trek fame. Um, it's similar in the theme to the um, last one I recommended, The House of Leaves. This one is kind of a story within a story. Um, it's based off of, you know, it's a fictional novel based off of the, um, what is it, philosophical concept called The Ship of Theseus which poses the question, if a ship on the ocean um, has its parts replaced one by one until every part has been replaced, is it still the same ship? Um, and then, you know, going along with the fictional story that surrounds that, there's all these notes in the margins. It's a dialogue between these two college students that are trying to solve the mystery of this book. And there's, you know, some some random little, you know, there's like... You know, postcards that they send to each other, newspaper clippings, and I highly recommend it. It's a very good book. Um, it's called S, you know, again by Doug Dorst and J.J. Abrams. <clears throat> uh, the movie recommendation this week was actually recommended by my wife. Um, it's a movie called Lion. And uh, let me see here. I had the... Uh, the synopsis here, because I remember she watched it with, I think she watched it with my mother. And by the end, they were both just blubbering, crying. Kept telling me, you know, this was the greatest movie. 
Um, I can read you the little synopsis here. Um, it came out in, I mean, it's rated 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. came out in 2016. Uh, it says it's about an um, Indian child. It says five-year-old Saru gets lost on a train which takes him thousands of miles across India away from home and family. Saru must learn to survive alone in Kolkata before ultimately being adopted by an Australian couple. 25 years later, armed with only a handful of memories, his unwavering determination and revolutionary technology known as Google Earth, he sets out to find his lost family and finally return to his first home. Um, let me see here. Has an actor named Dev Patel was the main character, and Nicole Kidman's in it. Um, my wife has said that this is a very good movie. It looks like definitely a tearjerker, a drama. <coughs> Excuse me. So that'd be my movie um, recommendation for the week. Um, the podcast I'm recommending, and I continue to recommend podcasts because that seems to be the kind of the wave of the future as far as entertainment goes. Because uh, there's you know thousands and thousands of podcasts out there, if not millions. Um, but this one is probably, the, I think it's the third podcast I started listening to. It was like my first one I listened to was um, the Monday Morning Podcast by Bill Burr. That was kind of my gateway podcast. And then uh, Mysterious Universe. But this one is called Into the Portal. And it's by a, a Canadian couple. Um, they... Um, it, it's it's kind of focused on the paranormal, but this one is, I don't know, it just has a, a special place in my heart. They just have they have a great chemistry. They talk about the most interesting things. Um, you can tell they're they're very grateful for all of their support and their audience. I mean, they'll throw in stuff about cryptids every now and then. Um, you know, like I think one of the first episodes had a you know like lake monster story. Um, but I I think for me where they really shine is the historical mysteries. I mean, they have one episode on ghost ships, you know, lost cities, you know, things of that nature, and they really you know, do their research, and they really, you know, dig down into the meat of these stories. Um, they just had a, a three, I want to say it's a three-part series on the Great Flood mystery, and it talks about, um, you know, like flood myths from different cultures all over the world. But uh, I highly recommend... Um, yeah, into the portal. You can find it pretty much in any of the uh, the podcatchers. Yeah, these two, um, Andrew and Amber, are uh, yeah, like I said, they have a great chemistry. Yeah, it's just fun to like. By the end of the episode, it feels like you're just in the room having a conversation, you know, about interesting stuff. Um, I highly recommend that um, into the portal podcast. Um, lastly, but not leastly, there's actually a friend of mine that has her own YouTube channel. Um, and it is called Beauty with Confidence. Um, and her name is Brenda. And she, um, I guess, is a, a real makeup artist. It's like, you know, not somebody that just, like, applies their makeup to go out. Like, you can tell that she really cares about it. You know, she you know, does her research on the makeup. You know, all the you know, different methods. I mean, granted, like I said, this is just from... A sweaty dude's perspective like I don't know anything about makeup but I can tell that she's good at it <laughs> um, she also is on the um, the ketogenic diet so she has some of her videos recipes 
Um, I just watched actually, actually shortly before uh, recording this podcast, she had a recipe where you make taco shells out of cheese instead of actually eating taco shells. You, know, you make the taco shells out of cheese and you put all the fillings and, and fixings and all that stuff in there and it looks um, amazing and my mouth is watering by the end of the video. But she has uh, you know, her YouTube channel, Beauty with Confidence. You know, go on there and, and throw a subscribe and a like on there. Um, you can find, you know, her, her makeup and, and beauty tips, you know, along with, uh, you know, the recipes, um, all of which so far have looked uh, pretty delicious. But so those are the, uh, the things I like. Um, hopefully you guys have enjoyed the podcast this week. And uh, that'll be the end of it for now. Um, thank you again for all the support. You can throw me any stories, you know, funny pictures. You know, funny kids stories, you know, email them to yourparentingpodcast at gmail.com. And I will talk to you guys next week.